This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. It's been said that people run systems and the systems run their businesses. Thoughts and beliefs run people. It's all about why we do what we do, what we attribute importance to, what drives us, how we frame the decisions we make, how we feel and how we think. So much of our success in life and in business is about what we believe in our hearts and what's inside our brain. In business, I call this the small biz brain. Small Biz America. The Brain. Our guest on this segment is the number one international best-selling author of The Lifestyle Business Owner. How to buy a business, grow your profits, and make it run without you. Aaron Muller is the owner of eight multi-million dollar companies that run completely without him and the founder of the Lifestyle Business Owner Academy, which teaches entrepreneurs how to do all of this. And by the way, Aaron, uh, you have uh, kindly, and we'll bring him in in a moment, offered to our Small Biz Brain Series listeners a special video training called, <laughs> love this title, How to Own a Profitable Business That Runs Without You, Even If You Don't Own a Business Yet, Even If You Have Very Little Money, Even If You Have No Business Experience. <laughs> Let's welcome Aaron Muller to the program. Welcome. Well, thank you, David. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to have you. Of course, we've worked on some projects outside of uh, this podcast, and it's been a, a delight working with you and your team. You've successfully done what not everyone can do well, and that is build a team around you with complementary skills. So that's beautiful. Well, I must say one of the best, the biggest highlights of my process of getting that book done that you just helped me get the uh, audio done was hiring you, man, because I got to give you kudos for that and, and a Thank little you. plug because it was amazing how fast you were able to put that together for me. And I am just so thankful. It just was so smooth once I met you and we got it going. And No, I'm great. That's great. And I'm grateful to you. And as a guy that came from, uh, you know, big advertising branding stuff, I mean, I, I grew up in a world where broadcast deadlines are, are like very important. So I take deadlines and projects very seriously. I appreciate the kudos. Beautiful. But uh, enough about me. We're really here to talk about this idea. And really it started as, well, let's just open it up. What events in your life led to this situation you now find yourself in where you are the owner of eight companies that essentially run without you and they're generating a whole lot of top line and EBITDA as well. Yeah, I'll try to sum it up. And so it's not such a long story, obviously, <laughs> you know, we all have long histories, right? right? But I feel like in my situation, I was just born to be an entrepreneur, right? So when I was a little kid, 11 years old, I lived on an island and that, my first business was a shrimp catching business on the docks in San Juan Island. And wow. 
I would get up at seven in the morning every morning and my parents owned a marina. They actually went out and bought a marina mm-hmm. there. And so I kind of, uh-huh. my stepdad had that entrepreneur That's spirit cool. too, right? From corporate America. And anyways, so I'd get up at seven in the morning with him, go drive 10 miles at, uh, from town uh, or from our house into town and catch shrimp and bring them back home. We'd cook them and I'd bag 50 shrimp and I'd go the next day, boat to boat, selling 50 shrimp for $2 and 50 cents. And that was like the start of my entrepreneurial life, right? And so anyways, I got that bug and did another business the next year. But once I moved off the island, when I was about 15 years old, everybody worked on that island, right? So I had Mm -hmm. that kind of mentality. I got to get a job. You know, I'm not going to just sit around in the summertime and play with my friends and stuff. Yeah, yeah. As a kid, right. Yeah. And so I found a job uh, washing trucks. Uh, as a mobile truck washing business. We'd go mm-hmm. out in, in the mornings, at five in the morning on the weekends. And my friends were still partying and stuff. And I'd get up in the morning and we'd wash garbage trucks and I fell in love with it. And basically what happened was by the time I was 16 years old, mm-hmm. I was running this guy's business. And I was employing a lot of my friends. I was getting them to come work for us. Mm-hmm. And I was running this guy's crew. So I was able to really develop in this guy's business and really develop his business and get it to run without him having to work in it every day. So I get up and that was the first time he had ever had anyone do this for him. And so he was loving life. And by the time it was my junior year in high school, I said, I want to own my own business. And I was able to present that to him, knowing that he would probably offer something to me because I was so valuable at this point to him. I said, Rob, I'm thinking about starting my own landscaping company when I graduate high school. And the yeah. first things out of his mouth were, Hey, Aaron, you know, why don't you buy into my company? I'd love to have you. And I'm like, Oh, that sounds like a great idea. And I knew this was going to happen just because I had made myself invaluable. And sure. was, that's what I did. So the, when I graduated high school, I bought half this guy's company that I worked for and went on from there. Wow. Wow. Do you still own that company? Is that still going on or did Yeah, it, so, yeah. so basically what happened was I did other companies as well, like uh, sure. retail stores and stuff and, and mail order businesses all throughout that. Right. But I got to a point, had this retail store and I always called it my, I call it my four-year college education because I really learned how to fail in that business because the truck washing was going so well. We grew it crazy when I graduated high school. I picked up over 400 accounts. I realized I was a salesman and then- right we opened this retail store and it struggled for four years, took big pay cuts, everything. And I was like, Oh man, I don't see the light at the end of this tunnel, but Hey, let's dump some more money into this business that's failing. And our truck washing company was always kind of supporting it. So I said, let's sell this, let's sell this truck washing company and put this money into it. But how do you sell a business? And all of a sudden, this is on a Friday. I swear to God to you, on a Friday, I asked this question to my partner. How do you sell a business? On Monday, I get an envelope underneath my door that said, to the owner, confidential. I went into my office, opened it up, and it was like, have you ever considered selling your business? (laughs) Talk about weird, right? I was like, wow, man. Like, is somebody like pretty much monitoring my, whatever I'm saying here? And I called this guy up and we ended up putting our business on the market and I had it on the market for over six months. The broker, I fell in love with his job, this business broker. Sure. And, but he hadn't sold anything in six months, but I basically was kind of like interviewing people for six months. After six months, I said to him, Hey Mike, you know what? You haven't sold anything in six months why don't you buy my business? I think you'd actually be perfect at it because he had just gotten into the business six months prior. Wow. He goes, 
Aaron, I've actually fallen in love with your business. Just listening to you talk about yeah. it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to make you an offer. And so basically cool. what I did, I sold that truck washing company. I paid off our debts. I gave that business back to my old partner or mm -hmm. my partner at the time. And I said, I don't see the light at the end of this tunnel. I've been doing this for four years. I'm going to go do something else. And I went out and I luckily had made some money on Qualcomm stock. Yep. Like back in the day, I put a I remember. thousand yep. bucks into it and made 200 basically. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, I went out, yeah. It was crazy. And I went out and bought an auto repair shop. I knew nothing about the business. I just knew I knew how to talk to people and customer service and all that. And I, and so I bought that business and I hired a consultant right away to teach me how to do it right. Mm -hmm. with the that I wanted to become a business broker one year later. And that's what I did. I set my mind to it and made that happen. I hired the right people to help me do it right. So I knew how to run that business properly and be profitable and run it without me being there. And that's what I implemented and made it happen. And went on from there and been a business broker for 17 years selling people's companies. And, and you're still doing that now. In other words, the brokerage yep. part of it puts you at the center of a lot of sort of conversations with uh, businesses that are being bought and sold. You're in the market. Exactly. Yeah. It's great. I mean, I love the industry. It's great. And you, you keep your pulse on everything. Are there particular types of industries that you tend to focus on? Are they all brick and mortar or some of them online? What's the mix? Like the stuff that, that I sell yeah, or that, that, I, you, that I own? The stuff that you sell or operate as a broker in. Mm -hmm. I'm really into the service companies. I really like service mm -hmm. businesses because it's hard to dip or it's very easy to differentiate yourself versus like that, that retail store where right. everyone's selling the same darn product. Right. So I sell uh, service right. is what I do. And all my companies that I like to buy or own are typically service oriented businesses. And those are the ones that I like to broker the best because it's easier for me to actually if I'm going to do any sales in that business, which is not really about sales, it's more about information gathering and giving mm -hmm. opportunities. Mm -hmm. but it's that one time I can actually do a little bit of sales because I truly, truly believe in service companies. Okay. Yeah. And this idea of differentiation. So back to the operational side and the work you do around um, creating a business that I'll use the word automated so it can run without you. So to me, that suggests systems automation. You did this for this other uh, the guy that you worked for that you talked about earlier, how do you approach the teaching of that? And what are some of the core elements of creating a business that runs without you? We actually have a, a chapter on this chapter 12 of my book. It is a little formula that we have and it's uh, address your fears plus manager plus systems equals business that runs without you. So basically mm -hmm. you first have to address those fears that we all have that, oh, that business is not going to be able to run as well without me there. And that is such a common thought yes. in our heads and especially control Absolutely. type people. Yep. And then once you get through that and know that, yes, it can actually run as good without you there and maybe even better, then you got to make sure that you have the right manager in place. Mm -hmm. And once that's mm -hmm. there, then you, well, and kind of going along with that manager is having the right systems there so that that manager follows your direction based off of your systems so that that company runs the way you run that business if you were there because you've set everything up for them to follow and then that business runs without you. Absolutely. And you're sort of what I might call, and if you don't like me saying this, I'll edit it out. You're like the modern day Michael E. Gerber, the E-myth mm. idea, which I think you may be familiar with, right? Actually, I, I love the comparison. And I always say I'm a little, uh, okay, so I got to tell you before I bought my auto shop, I read that book 
And I used to refer that book out to everybody that bought a business. So you're totally familiar with Michael's work. Okay. Yes. And I just say that my teachings are almost a little bit more even in depth on Mm -hmm. those teachings, right? So that's how I I set my academy up to be even more step-by-step to understand how to make that happen. Well, before we met, this was the guy that sort of um, preached it, taught it, monetized the, the, uh, I'll call it the IP, the intellectual property around the idea of systematization. which strikes me as very similar. And clearly you've taken, look, you're a new generation of business owners. So this is an evolutionary process for small business people. And you are really riding that wave and then adding much value to it in your own way, this concept of lifestyle. So lifestyle also, I guess it's the outcome of automating a business, right? Now you can live the life you want to live because you're not working in the business Well, you're working on it rather than in it. Is that exactly? I mean, and everybody's lifestyle's different everybody's interpretation of what a good lifestyle is. And yeah. so if that lifestyle means that you work 80 hours a week, but you choose to do that, you choose to do that, right? But right. if you choose to work five hours a week and, not, and do nothing else, but go out fishing and having fun, then that's another lifestyle. Or another one might be have multiple businesses. And this is what we right. do. My wife and I, we have multiple companies because it takes very limited amounts of time. I mean, there's companies I spend zero hours in for years. And then there's some that when I want to spend my full energy into it and be really Mm -hmm. successful in it or grow that business, that's usually when I put a lot of time into something is when Mm -hmm. I want to grow it. Mm -hmm. I have the time to do that and focus because you can't be good at anything if you're only spending five hours in one, any one business, but that's interesting. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, no, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's, it's almost counterintuitive. So you've got this portfolio of companies that run you get them to a place where they're essentially self, they're autonomous. And then that allows you the space to grow one of them or the new one, if I've heard you right, which is interesting. It's not what I imagined. You know, you kind of imagine this kaleidoscope, this mosaic of, oh, you're five minutes here, you're five minutes here, you're five minutes. And you're right. It couldn't be effective if you were just kind of dashing and diving into each one in sort of this cycle as I envision what that might be. So yeah, and exactly. And I'm glad you brought it up because it's a misconception to think that, oh, you don't have to put any time into a business. And I don't even say that in my book. It's like right. I tell people, you know, and I tell anybody buying a business that you really are going to have to put some energy and time into this to, to make it really run the way you want it to run successfully. Yeah. And where I made a mistake when I was younger, the first time around, let's just say, because I, I'm a casualty of the crash. I actually yeah. lost my, I lost, I built a $2 million house, lost it in foreclosure, lived in a buddy's basement, got divorced. Right. Yeah. You went through a lot of, yeah. We all went through sort of a version of your story and it's as you tell it. Yeah, absolutely. But, but the way the, the difference then than now yeah. is I was starting and buying businesses like one every three months to six months. It was crazy. I had a trust fund partner and it was just, it was. Oh just, yeah. yeah. So deploy the capital. Yeah. I like this. You look at it, you do your due diligence. Yeah, bye, bye, bye. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I wasn't ready. And, and, and so basically right. I didn't make enough of these businesses successful uh, and running successfully and profitable enough to move to the next one. I was just always doing, like you said, five minutes here, five minutes there. So this time around, when I started acquiring businesses again or starting anything up, yeah. I focused and I made sure that that company would stand on its own, was making a profit between 10 and 20% bottom yeah. line as yeah. an absentee owner sure. before I would go to the next business. And so that's w- really the difference and where like when the economy, if the economy changes and it crashes or takes a downturn, yeah, I'm not going to get hurt like I did the last time. I'm not going to say I'm not going to have any challenges, but I have multiple streams of income in every one of my companies right now. 
and they run really, really well. And you have a portfolio, I'm going to guess, of a f- certain level of diversity as well. So they may be non-correlating in terms of uh, seasonality or revenue generation or even customer demographics. I don't know. Can you speak to that? Your selection of companies that you purchase, how do you approach building your portfolio? Well, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. I'm pretty well diversified in different industries. I do have an e-commerce business that sells product and I have auto repair shops and a mobile truck wash and an eco-friendly pressure wash and a web design and you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got this automotive sort of sector with a few there and then you've yeah. got an online thing going with the products and on Amazon or eBay or wherever. You, I, I remember we had that conversation about that. So yeah, you're not unwilling to explore really a lot of diversity within your portfolio, which is probably good, right? They don't correlate. Exactly. And, and when I had, during the crash, my truck washing company actually grew leaps and right. bounds during the crash. And that was the one savior, honestly, when I was struggling out there, my auto shop did okay, uh-huh. did enough to pay some bills, but I really, really grew during the, that period of time with my truck washing company. And so it's weird. You never know which company is going to take off, but you do want to try to think about things like, I used to have a used appliance business. That was an awesome business too, right? I mean, okay. yeah. you, you, people give you a free appliance and you, you put a couple point uh, uh, dollars into it and you sell it for a hundred bucks, right? And so- Huge that, profit. Yeah. yeah, it's huge profits. And there were some other challenges in that. And there's always a challenge in a business, right? There's not going to be just a sweet deal that- Yeah. No issues yeah. or whatever. I deal with counterfeiters on uh, Amazon. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm constantly battling that. But if sure. you are diversified and you find products that people- or services that people are going to need no matter what during the downtime yes. or good time, you know, like an accounting practice, a, a bookkeeping service. I mean, right. like, everyone needs to have that done, but you don't have to be a CPA to be a, have a bookkeeping service, right? You can, right? you can hire the right people to do that for you. And I'm not a technician. I don't know how to fix a car, but I have great technicians working for me. Exactly. You create the system, the systems that run the business. You can run it from here. You don't need to know everything there is to know, but you understand the principles to running an autonomous business, my word, the lifestyle business. And you can rinse and repeat that regardless of the actual functionality of the business, the product it offers, which is the distinction you just made. Exactly. And that's where I guess my teachings are a little different with with Michael Gerber is just the fact that he talks about, oh, you know, set up a system that anybody can do it, right? Well, I don't totally 100% agree with that because I can't do a tech. I'm not going to put crummy technicians working on people's cars because I'm going to have headaches in my life. Yep. If, if all, you know, my reputation, especially these days with the reputation online. So you got to have high quality people working for you. So I pay really well, but I yep. make sure what I, my focus is, is building a business so that it's kicking butt and it, it's the busiest of that industry in town. So everybody wants to work for me. That's good. And those are the people that are, uh, and I can pay them well because we have enough business coming in to do it. For those just joining us, we're visiting with Aaron Muller. He's the owner of $8 million companies. And we're talking about how he did that. And he's also the founder of the Lifestyle Business Owner Academy. And of course, he's also the founder of the Lifestyle Business Owner Academy, the author of the Lifestyle Business Owner, how to buy a business, grow your profits and make it run without you. By the way, uh, you can access a free video training by going out to www.lboacademy.com forward slash P forward slash small business. I'll put it in the show notes. so You can see that easily. Hard to do that stuff in audio. So we'll put it in the show notes. So let's talk about the capitalization when you're getting into looking to buy a business. I think you have written, if I've got it right, that it's possible to build a lifestyle business for yourself or multiple businesses with very little money and possibly no business experience. So open this door for us, if you will. All right. Well, I'll just give you an example in my life, something I did recently. 
Perfect. I bought a business about two years ago and it was an another auto repair shop and it just kind of fell on my lap. A, a guy called me up that knew me and said, Hey, uh, someone passed away and I want to right. sell. Uh, okay. You know, I'll buy it, you know, and I'm just crazy like that. I'll, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like buying, I always told my ex-wife, you know, like in marriage counseling, it's, it's like buying a hamburger, you know, it's like, to me, it's just like another hamburger I'm buying. But this situation, well, I, by the way, I just want to pause and say, yeah. You have the creative spirit. I'm a, I come from a creative world. I'm a musician, this and that, where, where there's this thing we call shiny objects. And so I want to make a distinction for people. It's not a shiny object. You just have an energy and an openness to exploring new opportunities and diving into the mechanics that what makes this business work. I think there's curiosity and, of course, ambition to grow your portfolio. That combination is this incredible energy from you, Aaron. So uh, well, anyway, well, I, I'm well, sorry. Well, I just no, you know, like, that, like how you put that, it was awesome, man. You're I had right. to like bring that out for the, <laughs> if the listeners didn't, if it didn't knock them over the head, now it did. Okay. Anyway, uh, please continue. All right, cool. Um, okay. Yeah. So anyways, this guy gave me this opportunity and I bought this place. It took me, and what's crazy was I was actually in the process of buying a property in another business, but I was waiting for it. And I was kind of saving my money to do this other big deal. Right. And right. when it came, I'm like, oh man, you know, like, how am I going to do this all? And so I ended up, the business was $550,000. I only had to come up with 10% because I was able to get the seller to finance a portion of it. And, and yes. SBA uh, rules have actually changed a little bit too uh, since then. And you actually can do deals with 10% down again. Right. It used to be 25%. So but, oh, I didn't know that. So the LTV changed on, uh, on yes, the SBAs? But it really depends on the bank too. I mean, All right. I know banks that will do it for 10%. But anyways. All right. So I was able to do a 25% down deal where I put 10% of my money in and then mm -hmm. the seller finance 15%. Right. So there's your 25 in. 25%. And do the SBA in the balance? Yep. SBA in the balance. So I got into this business. The very first year I was in that business, I worked a total of maybe five to 10 hours, maybe max. And one was just doing some remodel, like kind of supervising a remodel in the office wow. and dealing with some employee just changeover and stuff. Five yeah. to 10, 10 minutes. I netted out on that business, $168,000 that first year in business. Really? Just net income. $55,000 investment. That's a 303% return, right? My second year, I'm going to net over 250, 350 in that business. I mean, right. forgive I me if you said it, what does this business do? It's an auto repair shop. Oh, it is the auto repair. Okay. Yeah. It's another, you have more than one of those if I got it right. Yes, I have three of them. Okay. But there's a great example of, okay, if I were to start an auto repair shop and I've done it before, it cost me about $300,000, Yeah. I'm spending money for the next three to four years, yep. five, before I even start making any money. I bought this business and made a 300% return on my money day or year one. It's because because it was an, an existing business, existing business. That may have had distress, but the capitalization of the initial start was already there. You didn't have to. You just leveraged what it was already doing yeah. into a structure around debt financing and some of your own money. So yep. it's not like you, you can leg in without some skin in the game. But what you're suggesting is is you you don't have to think in terms of coming in with as much capital as maybe some early stage business owners who are just learning this stuff think. Right? Oh yeah. If you start a business, it takes $250,000 a lot of times to even get, get it going. And people right. don't realize that they think, Oh, it's cheaper to start a business. It's actually cheaper to buy a business. And I've yeah. even heard other, other people talking about like getting into business, even with no money down where they're right. able to, right. uh, you know, work a deal out with the seller that really wants out and all that stuff. And that's yep. more complex to do it like that, but, and you're not going to get maybe as good opportunities if you do that. But okay. if you have no money, there's always ways. If you want it, you can get it and make it happen. 
I love that. And it does take a lot of passion, curiosity, and structure is so important. We've talked about it a little bit in this segment, the structure, whether it's uh, seller financing, some amount of down, an SBA facility, something else. I don't know. There are, but structure is a lot of, you have to engineer the right structure to make it work, don't you? I'm 100%. And that's why having a good advisor on your team is key. You know, I always say, you know, either get a, a local business broker. I help people even nationally. And it's just, you, you need to have an expert on your side that's done this kind of stuff that will help you through this process and make it easy because you know what? We've all failed, right? I mean, I know you probably Absolutely. Like said, we I, have a great, I have a great failure story. Oh yes, it's beautiful. <laughs> Family it's business like, and everything, it's great. Yeah. yeah, so, but well, why not learn from other people's failures? Why well, have Absolutely. to learn everything the hard way? I don't want to learn the hard way. And that's why the day I bought my auto shop, I hired a consultant to help me do it right from the beginning because I was tired of failing, you know? Right. Like, I don't right. want to fail every time. I want it's to like, like you, fail you every come, once in a while. Yeah, you come to this place where it's just, no, I don't want to make the same mistake and rinse and repeat that part of my life. You know, and I've actually done speaking gigs where I've talked to a room full of people about basically just coming in with this raw, vulnerable, here's what I did wrong, guys. And I want to help you avoid that. Beautiful advice, uh, man. Beautiful yeah, advice. Actually, and I, I wondered if that would even add value to these people. And I ended up getting business out of it uh, on the production side. So it was interesting. This is all so valuable. Tell us more about the Lifestyle Business Owner Academy. How does that work? Are these live events? Are they online? Do you sell courses? I know you've got a video and we'll, uh, it's in the show notes uh, for those want to, who want a free video training based on the work Aaron does. But talk to us about the Academy. So the Academy developed based off the book and the writings in the book and the teachings Beautiful. in the book. And mm -hmm. I didn't set into, in the very beginning to do this academy. It was kind of like, I'm writing this book. I want to have something that shows more credibility you know, when yeah. I'm working with clients and this sort of thing. And then yep. it kind of started developing into this, oh, there's this whole training ground that people could really benefit from. And I was getting really sick and tired of seeing people buy jobs and right. be right. miserable as small business owners, because as a small business owner, you really should love your business. You should love it right? You shouldn't be hating it every day. Oh, man, man. Is, Life is too short. I mean, right? you know, this is why I, I am a business owner, because I, I love what I do. I want yeah, to have the power to do whatever I want to do. High five. Yeah, we're <laughs> virtual high five. We are the mem a member of the very same club. I have almost always, like you, Aaron Muller, done what I like to do. I mean, there's been a few dark periods where I was doing something I liked, but it wasn't working. But I yep. always chose to do the thing because it's integration. It's not balance. It'll work life, right? They say, yep. Balance. It's really integration. Anyway, it's go integration. ahead. Uh, yeah, that's good. So I wanted to empower these small business owners so that they can actually love their business so that we have more small businesses because I see more and more companies going out of business, small businesses and all these big conglomerates like the, on the big box stores and all these yep. other type or just even core, even franchises, right? Like pop right. And those, those guys aren't even really owners of businesses. They're just like, no. they have a boss. The franchise is their boss, you know? So you got it. I wanted to empower small business owners and make them really good at business so that they love it and that we have more small businesses and great service again, because I'm sick of all the crap service we get in our society. And we've gotten to that point of low prices mean more to everybody than, well, they don't, it doesn't really mean more, but this is what society has driven us yes. to. We're, we're driving to a commoditization of a lot of stuff. Yes. So anyways, the Academy, I wanted to create something that anybody could do and I could help more people than just like a couple people, right? I wanted to have yeah. it for the masses. So my wife and I, because my wife is super dynamic, looks 10 times better than me 
and helps me in all my companies. I said, Miami, will you help me do this? And we put together over 110 training videos on various different subjects, you know, like based on just getting that business, uh, the marketing right, the employees right, the operations right, how to turn it into a lifestyle business owner, how to buy a good business, how to understand the financials. I mean, I found that I looked at a lot of different courses out there and it was always sales courses, right? Oh, how to, you know, close a deal and blah, you know, it's like, that's great. But I want to know about how do I do my marketing on Facebook? I wanted one source to say, I want to know how to do Facebook marketing. So I have a a course on that. I want to know how to manage employees and get an employee that works well or how to hire one good and all that other stuff. So we put together this whole system from the start to buying a business to all the way down to the end of the academy is how to be a lifestyle business owner with meaning. So not just taking your business so it runs without you, but having that business contribute something more to society than profits. So there's a social good element to everything you do and you want to teach that, disseminate that as a value for entrepreneurs. So it's not just all about them making money or transactional business. It's a, let's do some social good while we're at it and really love what we do. Exactly, because I'm sure you would agree that money, like after a while, the money just go, like, it's not that right. important, not as important. And, and it starts to become like, what, what am I doing? What am I doing this for? Yeah, where's what's the life purpose? About? What's yeah, my exactly. purpose? And so if yeah. you start thinking like that, you'll be energized still, you know, because you still have more things to, to contribute. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, your energy is infectious. Any final thoughts as we kind of round the corner on this segment? This has just been unbelievable. Oh, so, so there are, let's just finish the life, the Academy. So we can find video courses. Is that the way you distribute the knowledge that you've created in these training videos? Yeah. So we have, if you go to like lboacademy.com, you're going to go to, or actually go to the link on your, on your site there. Easier for sure. me to remember. What it's going to take you to is some training videos, but also like a webinar that we'll put together. It kind of shows you what's involved with this training, all the training that we give. Okay. So they can do a free, a free training. There's no obligation. And there's just a lot of information on the site that's going to like tell you what we do and all that so that you can decide if it's a good fit for you. Brilliant. But, but I think if, you're a, if you are a business person in any way or you want to be one, there's no course like this. And, I, and I'm not just saying because mine, because it really is awesome. Well, I like the way you described it and that you're really taking, it sounds like you really took time to figure out what's the full spectrum of what I need to know to do this well, including the lifestyle piece, but it's the employee relations. It's the building the culture. It's the, all the possibilities. I mean, you laid out a few of them. I get a sense of, yeah, there's so many facets to this. It isn't just like one course. It's multiple courses. And it almost sounds like a menu driven thing where you can really learn what you feel you don't know about. Maybe it's the accounting that you don't know about. And that's the course you should take. Do I have that right in terms of the format? Yeah, exactly. And the other cool part that we put in it is that there's, we consult as well along with it because people can put comments like, so they'll watch a video, right? And then they, well, how do I do this and this and that, right? And I encourage, sometimes I'll get an email from a a member privately and I'm like, no, I said, you got to put it in the video, underneath the video, because I want to make sure everybody that's taking this course has additional information from members also, but also Mm -hmm. we're always answering every single question in there so that you're going to get like hands-on consulting without us actually being there. That's brilliant. So you've got this community Q and a raw curiosity. Let's get to the focus results focus, uh, kind of an idea that's brilliant for everyone who's participating. Uh, That's the lboacademy.com. And there's also a link to a free video training you can get. It's a longer URL, but it's lboacademy.com forward slash P as in Papa forward slash small biz, like the name of our program. 
Aaron Muller. So good to have you. You're just like, your energy's infectious. I'm excited. I want to go buy three businesses now. Yeah. And I want to do it right though. I don't <laughs> just want to go buy them and then uh, figure it out later. But, hey, uh, I got a good audio book for you. <laughs> uh, I heard about this somewhere. Yes, the, uh, we just released uh, Aaron's book, The Lifestyle Business Owner in uh, audio book format. And uh, Chris Abel just did a fantabulous job on that. And voice, some, uh, yeah, he's, he's brilliant. So uh, kudos to Chris as well. Listen, we'll do this again for sure. As you know, I'm serving entrepreneurs with the podcast and radio work that we do. So Aaron, great to be with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on our journey into the small biz brain. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and please do give us a review there. You can contact me at podcastandradio.com. I'm David Wolf. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.